Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope everyone is having a fabulous week or weeks so far. I'd like to thank each and every single one of you for tuning in. Um, I'm getting some uh, some likes and some growth, and it's pretty cool. And, you know, every time I honestly look, I, I have to check my numbers, you know. I have to look at things, and I have to think to myself, what can I do to improve, and what can I do to, to move along smoothly uh, in this project that I'm trying to develop um, for Beauty and the Breakdown. The purpose of this podcast is to be uplifting. You might hear some negative news from time to time, and you might hear some other things that are quite challenging or hard to accept. Uh, but it's just me. I'm a guy with a microphone, and I'm a guy with an opinion and a Bible, and uh, my life is being transformed. And if you hit me up to tell me that you enjoy the show, it impacts me greatly. And if I don't respond to you, um, just know that I do read your messages, and I very much appreciate um, your feedback and your comments. I also want you to understand that if you are, uh, if you feel obligated to share this show with someone that could use, you know, the use of this audio and it could be transformative for them, I, I would highly encourage you to just send it to people. Uh, not for growth, but to just show them who God is because I'm finding out who God is on different levels every day. And it always blows my mind. And uh, thanks for checking the show out, everybody. I haven't really getting, given any props uh, to you guys because I wanted to take a little time to you know have some episodes to grow on. I also would like to shout out to my podcast neighbor, um, Mr. Chad Alexander over at the Local Bar Podcast. It's a great podcast, very... Um, very into the community as far as music and stand-up comedians and, um, I don't know, tattoo artists and just people that have families and have to discuss things. I mean, he's got a wide variety of topics, and I love it. And he is such a great podcaster. And he also has a podcast called Welding a Family. Um, and you can find that, I believe, on you know all the all the big streaming outlets and everything too. Uh, so major shout out to Chad. Thanks for giving me the plug on his show, man. That, that was very unexpected and very nice of you. And, um, I love you, dude. And I love your shows. So he's just another guy that sits there with the microphone by himself for most of the time. And the man has got a lot on his heart and he's got a big heart. So go check it out. I wanted to jump into uh, a topic, and usually when I do these shows, I go out on a whim. Uh, I'll take a few notes sometimes, but never write down a whole bunch of things that I'm going to say. It's just mainly guidelines. Um, there's a lot going on in the world that seems terrible. What is going on in California with the weather? That is some brutal stuff. It's hard to look at sometimes because uh, with the timing and everything and the banks collapsing and, you know, uh, Silicon Valley and um, 
just how corrupt it all is. What's happening to California? I mean, it's like judgment. I don't know, man. And I hate to be that guy pointing that finger, you know. Might as well get me a sign and be like, God hates fags, you know. But that's the way it feels. But then again, I have to step back and look at those weather systems and the abnormalities about it and the, and just the crazy stuff that's going on out there, man. I don't know. It's a part of me that really feels like something's up beyond our control, you know. Uh, a lot of people don't feel that way. I don't even know if I really feel that way, but I, I can ask and I can, I can debate in my own head and I can spit it into this microphone if I want, but I don't know. I do know that I was sitting at the table this morning talking with my wife about it, extremely torn. And I, I have been not really saturating myself with it online, but it has come up in my feeds and I do see these things that are happening, and I think it's terrible. And it, um, I don't know, I, I, I opened up my, my Bible this morning, and I was reading in the Psalms, because that's where I am. I'm in the middle of the Bible. That's how far I've made it. Yep, it's a party up in here. We are celebrating super hardcore. Can you feel the energy? Uh, but... Psalm 11 says, In the Lord I take refuge. How long can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows, and they set their arrow against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. On the wicked he will rain. Fiery coals and burning sulfur and scorched wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous, and he loves justice. The upright will see his face. Upon sitting there, after talking with uh, my wife this morning, we get up every morning together. Just a little side note here. We get up every day together, and we pray together now. And our lives are just thickly woven together. We pray for peace. We pray for patience. We pray for people that God lays on our hearts. We pray for our children. We pray for our jobs, our friends, our neighborhood, our city. Um, it's awesome. We are growing together in that. So back to what I was saying. <coughs> I was... I was talking to her about how I've been looking at the news and seeing things in my feed about California. And then after we got done with our discussion and our prayer this morning, I opened up my Bible and there was Psalm 11. And it said to read to Psalm 16 today. And then I came across Psalm 14. So Psalm 11 stuck out to me. And then Psalm 14. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? 
They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is the present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Take Psalm 14 and look at California and what's going on. I mean, you got you could pick any topic. You could put you, you could pick drug addictions, homeless people, storms, fires, earthquakes, flooding, snow. It's insane what's going on. And I mean, I'm sorry if I sound like a judgmental prick here, but I just can't help but to look at it and think about that. I don't know, dude. It's freaking me out. I was freaked out. I told her this morning. She's like, are you okay? I said, I'm freaking out a little bit, you know? To try to explain this to somebody that doesn't believe in God automatically paints you into the corner of being a complete judgmental, you know, jerk or whatever. But that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm being here. I don't want to be that guy like that. I just feel that something is beyond our control in that situation. I think that there's power in a name. And this is the subject that I wanted to bring up today. Because I have two heroes. And my first hero has the ultimate name that is above every name. And his name is Jesus. Sounds corny, sounds whatever you don't want it to be. But in all actuality, it is above everything. It is the greatest of mysteries. It is the, the one name that you can speak over something and it will be changed. It is the one name that you can operate on and function with and live with and have it by your side and use as a very valuable weapon against things that are trying to prosper against you if you're into the spiritual realm of things. It is a name that is peace. It divides and it conquers, but not in a bad way. It seems awful sometimes, but that's life, huh? Um, you know in that other episode where we were talking about running towards the roar or running towards the storms that are in your life? Um, man, I, I read in my devotion this morning, it says that God still has his secrets hidden from the wise and learned. Do not fear these unknown things, but be content to accept the things that you cannot understand and to wait patiently. In due time, he will reveal the treasures of the unknown to you, the riches of glory and the mystery. Recognize that the mystery is simply the veil covering God's face. Do not be afraid to enter the cloud descending on your life, for God is in it. And the other side is radiant with his glory. Do not be surprised at the painful trial that you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice 
that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. When you feel the most forsaken and lonely, God is near. He is in the darkest cloud. Forge ahead into the darkness without flinching, knowing under the shelter of the cloud, God is waiting for you. So I think about California in that situation, and I I say maybe it's judgment. It's something that's obviously out of our control. And I know that out of the most devastating of things that we experience in our lives, if we just walk through them and wait through them, there's beauty on the other side of the storm. So I don't know what's going on out there. I get a little nervous when I think about it. But there is this verse that randomly appears in my life every single time life changes dramatically. It is absolutely amazing. And when I say life changes dramatically, I'm actually talking about God coming in and cleaning house. Back in the day, before the twins were born, we had our first little girl, Madison, and we were at church. We had just started going to the church that I, that I now attend again. Um, and we just happened to be sitting by a family that um, didn't think anything of it, sat down randomly, and, um, you know, after the praise and worship got done, the, you know, the pastor's up at the thing, and he's like, turn around and greet your neighbor and tell him how you doing. So I hate doing that. I hate it, 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 I hate it. And that is the introvert in me. But I am an extrovert. How about that? How about that for uh, paving things out? Living a little back and forth on a consistent basis. I don't know what I am, but I'll tell you this. I do it because I know I don't like it, and I know that it's better than not doing it. You know, my dad always told me, say hello, say thank you, shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye like you mean it, because it goes a long way. Well... Thank God for my dad teaching me about that stuff because a man turned around and shook my hand and I shook his and I instantly felt a great warmth and a brotherhood with this dude and I didn't even know the man's name and he handed me his business card and on the back of his business card was written James 1 Verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, I could go on for hours, and I could tell you about the things that happened to me after receiving that card from that man. Not only, here's a super short version for you, not only did he become 
a great spiritual mentor in my life. But he also was my boss about a month and a half later. Now that verse, I stuck with that verse and I've remembered that verse and I have applied that verse. And it is wild that whenever that verse seems to dissipate or I look elsewhere for other things, like not looking for God when I'm supposed to be, it appears as though that verse magically just reappears. It's like it fell out of the sky and hit my face. I am not joking because I was at work and I was pissed off and I hated the earth and I was a walking ball of fury, rage. I was, uh, I was dried out and I couldn't drink because following up on that one comment that I made, I'd, I'd heard that, you know, there's nothing worse than a sober drunk. And that totally fits. That totally fits. I can't remember if I've said that before on this podcast, but I heard it somewhere and I figured I'd share it with you. Okay, so there it is. Ta-da. But um, if I were to have that drink, I would lose everything. I quit that drinking and I was having such a hard time. Such a hard time. And one thing I haven't mentioned as part of my testimonies, because I was saving it to now, is there's power in a name. And that I come in to work one day, and this must have been, I don't know, the start of it all for me. This really got things going for me and started opening my eyes to maybe start seeking God. I think this is what you know, allowed my spirit to open up and receive things more because I was so alert. And I actually felt highly encouraged that he never left me and that I wasn't there to figure things out by myself. The whole shop was painted. And we have a huge shop. It took, it took weekend after weekend after weekend for this, for this place to get painted. So I come into work one day, I put my bag down, I go over to the computer, I fire it up, I'm getting ready to get in my normal routine and put my earbuds in, and I notice this little yellow sticky note stuck to my computer. And on that sticky note, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What's weird is the fact that I get to work. I set my stuff down. There's that piece of paper with that scripture on it. That thing sat there for months before I actually picked it up. I grew attached to it. I I didn't want it to go away. I still have the card that my old boss gave me a long time ago. And this new piece of paper... I, I have it now. I put it in my wallet because I know some days it gets windy in the shop and I didn't want it to blow off and I'll never find it again. So I kept it. Months later, I find out from my boss because he's kind of laughing at it and he's like, oh man, yeah, did you get your scripture? And I was like, 
yeah, yeah, I did get that. That's weird. Where did that come from? And he said, oh, man, one of the chicks that was in here with the paint crew came in here and, uh, you know, just started writing scriptures on little yellow pieces of paper and sticking them to everybody's computer. Now, before you go off and you think, <laughs> there it is, well, that's just coincidence, you know, let me remind you of the story I told about the hole in front of my house, out of all the houses, in all of the neighborhood. Why do they got to be digging a hole in the front of my house? Why has it got to happen here? Isn't that odd? The timing of everything. Now, out of all the computers in the shop at my place of employment, they all get the little sticky note, and the woman is just writing scriptures and slapping them up everywhere. Yay! How randomly crazy, coincidentally insane is it that I get the little piece of paper in the middle of a nervous breakdown that reads James 1, 2 through 4. How freaking insane is that? And then that opens up the avenue for me to be obedient and to be humbled and to recognize that God is still right in my face. Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome. I do. I do. I really do. So, needless to say, I should have wore a diaper to work that day because I was seriously about to go all Billy Brown town all over myself. Because I knew in my spirit that a massive tsunami of change was coming my way. And I felt okay with it. I, fe I didn't feel scared. I felt, oh God, you know, like, how is this possibly going to happen? You know? I, I had some questions. Like I said in that other episode, man, I... I you, you have a, a you have a lot of what ifs when you quit drinking like how you know what if somebody wants to go out what if there's drinks there how am I supposed to live how am I supposed to function how am I supposed to do this and that well how am I gonna deal with all of my friends that I have now if I start believing in God because I know how heavy I was into it the first time and I knew what I separated myself from, and I actually didn't like it. I wondered how it was going to unfold for me. What kind of a man was I going to become? I even got in a lot of engaging uh, conversations as I started this new walk with God, with my daughter, because she's kind of bothered about a church that she went to. Um, and, you know, she she has questions. I don't think that she necessarily hates God or doubts the power of God, 
but she doesn't like the people. And it's the same thing that I was like. And I think part of that is my fault, you know, for not, you know, consistently engaging God throughout my life and then me venting to her about certain things that I had issues with, which were mainly me being a dumb, dumbass drunk. You know, and I was Vicky the victim, you know, like I was talking about. You know, so there's that. I'll fall on the sword for that one. Um, but this verse, how it pops up every single time a massive change is about to take place in my life is freaking weird, dude. So this dude turns around, gives me the business card, right? With that on there. My my walk and my spirituality and the men that I was around and the women that my wife at the time was around and our children were around, like everything flourished and blossomed into this great spiritual walk. I still hung on to things, though, like alcohol and stubbornness, and it caused a hazy mind and it caused a lot of hiccups along the way. And I think that that's what made made it so easy for me to let go. You know, like September 11th happened. That day, I remember going to the mall because Slayer, God Hates Us All, came out that day. And I am a big, big Slayer fan, for those of you that are unaware of it. I still have all their records in my house, and they're not on fire. <laughs> so... I mean, holy crap, dude. I sat there that day on the floor. I listened to like Michael W. Smith had an album come out that day. It was a, it was called Worship. It came out that day, Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. Michael W. Smith. And then I listened to that record. And then Maddie took a nap because she was just a baby. And I, I grabbed Slayer and put on that song Disciple. That was a world of difference, a world of difference in how I felt in that moment. You know, I went to about 2005 in that walk, but I'll never forget sitting there listening to that music and just feeling the tug on my heart spiritually and the war within my soul. I will say that I listen to a lot of punk rock, a lot of hardcore, a lot of like dance music. I do it all. I, I really enjoy a lifestyle of creating that type of stuff. A lot of Christians, you know, they only listen to Christian music, Christian movies, and only listen to their pastor. But at the same time, you know that those people are online watching Netflix, looking at porn, doing whatever, treating people like crap, and they completely turn around and they point the finger at you when they find out what you're doing and what you're listening to. And I'm not going to take that anymore. And as a matter of fact, if somebody's just going to turn around and point at me and tell me what not to do in my life, I'm just going to be all like, Bye! Because I can take constructive criticism. I will take it. And I will learn from it, move forward, and grow. But what I will not do is allow people to come in to my life and instruct me on how I should be living. That is, without me having extreme skepticism first. So the second time that that verse pops up was when I was drying out and when I was going 
through that nervous breakdown that I had. Um, and I felt a laying out of the future and I was so okay knowing that God was going to be in control of that future because I had nothing left. I was talking to somebody about having nothing left and then they were like, dude, you got your wife, you got your family, you got your life. When you're up against a wall and you've completely dried out and you've lost all hope, nothing fits into its proper place. I hope that the person that told me those things as an encouragement, I thank you deeply for that, but I need for people to understand that when you're battling rage and you're battling addictions and you're battling unkept emotions and all of the things erupt at once, the only thing that can get you to a better place is God. Because that, that was where I came to the end of my rope. And I posted something about this not long ago about how um, the lack of faith involves more anxiety. And the less anxiety that you have, you can have more faith. And the medical people just come out swinging at you and, you know, some people start calling you names and then some people question your faith and they're like, are you saying that God is going to take away your anxiety and that you should just breathe? And it's like, you know what, dude? It worked for me. Yeah, but everybody's different. I'm aware of that. You know how I'm aware of that? Because I'm not everybody else. I know that out of where I was, I called out to God and he heard me and he took things. Now, I still battle with my depression. I still battle with hints of anxiety and I get down. But I'll tell you one thing. When I do even remotely just a little bit get down in a dump and I start reading and talking to God and putting myself in those places, I get encouraged super quick. I get re-energized and I, I feel alive. And it's better than any medicine I've ever taken. And I'm not the guy that needs the medicine. I needed hope, I needed faith, and I needed love. And there's Christians out there that work in science and they make the medicine for people that need the medicine. God can use the medicine. God can use science. God is science. Oh my God. People are just taking hot dumps all over each other on these stupid, debatable subjects that are tearing each other apart when everyone is different. But if you're just connected and you have hope and you pray for each other and you love on each other, that's where things begin to work, man. There's power in the name of Jesus. 
And it really works. Try it out if you hate it so much. If it's such an enemy to you, the smartest thing that you can do is actually understand your enemy. Because some of you don't even understand it and you're debating it. It's kind of like everyone's platform on Facebook. And you get on there and you say what you think. And then when somebody disagrees with you, you can't take it. And you're taking a hot dump all over yourself because you just can't take it anymore! (laughs) People are going freaking nuts. So, there's power in a name. I'm sitting there riding to uh, Coastal Carolina with my daughter one day in the car. And we are on the border lines of about being a little bit having to push it, push it real good. Because we're about to be running late. And I've got a, you know, two hour, 45 minute, three hour drive ahead of us. And we had to be there at a certain time so she could catch a bus and take the bus to Charlotte. So she could get on a plane from Charlotte and go to London Town. We leave the house. I'm catching every single red light from my house to this gas station that was about a mile and a half to two miles down the road. It was just adding so much hectic tension to the schedule. When I get to the gas station, I pull up to the pump and I'm like, oh my God, I have officially left my wallet at the house. So I had to turn around, drive out the gas station to my house. Guess what happened on the way back to my house? I caught every single red light. And we were kind of laughing it off. But then again, we were kind of sitting there thinking, hey, this is starting to suck. So I make it back to the house, go inside the house, run inside, grab that wallet and get back in the car. And then we took off into the sunrise. Started catching more red lights, man. I'm like, what is going on? You know, that's what it felt like. Inside my mind, I was uh, hurricane, hurricane belly, blowing, blowing through. Massive destruction everywhere. No good. So I looked at Karis, and then I just gripped both sides of the wheel, and I was gripping it, so it was like, you know. And I just, I said, in the name of Jesus, no more red lights from here all the way to Coastal. We took the back roads. We went straight down 378. We went through lots of small towns. We went through... uh, Little little bouts of traffic. We didn't stop once. As a matter of fact, every single light was green. Even when we had to go to CVS to go get her inhaler before the trip. That's a lot of stoplights whenever you start getting down there near Coastal University. 
It's like a, it's almost like a main drag. We made it completely all the way past her college to the CVS or Walgreens or whatever it was. And then we turned around and made it back to her college without one single red light. Not one. There was one where we slowed down and we started laughing so hard because we technically didn't stop and we kept on going because it was just a batch of cars that just got done with a red light. And I turned and I asked her, I said, Karis, what do you think that is? Do you think that that's God? Or do you think that that's just chance? And then she looked at me and she said, it's probably just chance. And then I looked at her and I said, well, who created chance? And then she has this little look that she does. It's so cute. Where she's just like, it's like, you're like, ooh, you know, like that's a moment. There's power in a name and you can use the name if you have faith in it. How deep does your faith go? You're listening to this podcast. If you're not reading your Bible and going to church and stuff like that every day, well, man, thanks for listening. And I really hope that it makes you feel alive and welcomed into reading the things of God. Because I'm telling you what, dude, I have just a tiny little amount of faith in this heart of mine, and I want more because I love God and I love people now. Even though some folks drive me insane, but I love the name of Jesus because he is faithful. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a sacrificial lamb. He's a friend. He's a father. He's the man. He's my bro. He's the, he's the guy that knows it all. He's the, he's the one with the answers. He's the peace. He's, he's righteousness. And he took everything that corrupts us and can throw us into the garbage. He took everything up on that cross for us. And I'm so grateful for it. That's why there's power in his name. And he has defeated everything. This is part one of this series. And I'm going to do another one because I have my other hero that I would like to talk about. And there's power in her name. But I am so grateful that he threw that verse at me twice because the first time I walked and I walked away and it was easier. It was easier said than done, but it was still, if I walked away now being completely sober, oh man, I don't know. I don't know how I could go forward because he's, he's just taken me out of too much, too many things that have been just awful. And he's restored my soul. If you need prayer for anything, you can hit me up at beautyinthebreakdown803 at gmail.com. I'd be happy to pray for you. I'm so grateful to be able to do this and that I have this ability to share my story. And I hope that it goes 
with you and you can apply these verses to your life because you can pursue God and you will find him. He shows up in his own way. So he's going to show up for you in ways that he won't show up for the person sitting right next to you. And it's awesome. So I hope you dig for him and you find him because there's never a treasure where you don't have to dig. Just remember that. And if you guys need prayer, you hit me up. I would love to pray for you and lift you up before the Lord. Because as they say at my church, things happen when we pray that don't happen when we don't pray. So until next time, in Jesus' name, peace be with you.